KDME Houston, an iHeartRadio station. I'm going to support my team. This is Sports Talk 790. Your Rockets, your Astros. Play here. I This is 790 Astroline. Presented by Carbock Brewing Company. Astroline. The official off-season show of your Houston Astros. Carlos Correa, the hero. Let's talk Astros baseball. Call 713-212-5790. That's 713-212-5790. It's the wall and it's gone. George Springer goes yard. Live from Pluckers Wing Bar on Shepard. This is 790 Astro Line. We are live. Pluckers Wing Bar, 1400 North Shepherd. A lot of fans in house. Uh, big show tonight. We've got uh, one of the new acquisitions for the Astros here. I'm Steve Sparks, and it's brought to you by Carbock Brewing Company here at Pluckers. And want to first talk about what the big news was yesterday in Astros, uh, the community, uh, Jeff Bagwell being the leading vote vote getter to get into the 2017 class of the Hall of Fame. So that's going to be a big moment for the Astros fans, the Astros community, uh, of course, Jeff and his family. So we want to say congratulations to Jeff Bagwell. Uh, that's going to be July 30th, the induction ceremony that weekend, the last uh, weekend of July. It's going to be a big ceremony for all Astros fans who want to get out to Cooperstown to watch that. Tim Raines and Yvonne Pudge Rodriguez going in as well. Jeff was the leading vote-getter at 86.2%, Tim Raines at 86%, and Pudge Rodriguez at 76%. So congratulations to all those involved. Jeff Bagwell, who was our guest on at uh, Astroline two weeks ago, really happy for him. Our guest tonight, uh, one of the big acquisitions for the Astros, and it, there's a lot of expectations going on with the Astros, and we're very happy to have Brian McCann as our guest today. Brian, of course, a veteran of almost 12 years in the major leagues, eight and a half years, his first uh, stint as a big leaguer in Atlanta, his hometown, and last three seasons with the New York Yankees. But, Brian, first of all, thanks a lot for joining us. You just got in town uh, a few hours ago, so thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be a Houston Astro. So in November, you signed with the Astros, and it was a trade, So, but you had to, to, to give them the okay. What was the big reason? Obviously, uh, it looked like you weren't going to catch as much as you had hoped. Right. But uh, you still felt like uh, you had a lot to give, especially a contending team like the Astros. What was the big lure here in Houston? The, the roster. I think when, <laughs> when you look up and down the roster and you see the talent, uh, there's only a couple teams I probably would have waived my no trade, my no trade for. And uh, Houston was right at the top of my list that sure. I wanted to go to if, uh, if it presented itself. And uh, to be able to play with – the exciting talent they have on their roster uh, is what brought me here. Obviously, the last three years you've seen that uh, close and up front. In 2015, you yep. guys faced the Astros in the, in the wild card game, and you got a really good glimpse of what the potential was for this team, especially with the young talent on this team. When you talk about the core of guys with Springer and Altuve and Correa, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it's really exciting what, what this team can do in the next few years. I mean, that's what... Uh, it's where the game's at. It's 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 young talent, and I don't know of a team that's got more more than that than the Houston Astros. And then you sprinkle some veteran guys that have been around for a while. And, yeah. Um, you get 25 guys pulling in one direction uh, that love the game of baseball. You're going to be successful. And, and every time we've ever played the Astros, 
it's it, the perception I got playing the other side is they bring it every night for day in and day out, and that's what it takes. And the speed of their game, I mean, yeah. it, it speeds the other team up. You yep. see that it, it, Robert and I do as broadcasters. Where you see guys yeah. make mistakes because they're fast, they're yep. very athletic. But when you bring in guys like yourself and Carlos Beltran and Josh Reddick, uh, it's just going to make uh, for a really good mix. I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah. You know, when, when you get guys on that have speed, it uh, it sets up everybody else in the lineup. Yeah. When the pitcher starts slide-stepping, they forget about the hitter, and they're, they're more worried about Altuve stealing second. And sure. Next thing you know, they hang you a change-up and three-run homer. With Brian McCann here at the Pluckers Wing Bar, you're listening to Astroline. Make sure you submit your questions via Twitter at hashtag Astroline. Danny Ferris, our social media coordinator, will take care of those. Lauren Blackwell is here to take some uh, questions from the fans right now. Uh, Lauren, you have a question right now uh, first up here here at Pluckers. All right, Brian, you talked about the lineup. Bryce and Cameron McIntyre from Fullshear want to know which Astros pitchers are you looking forward to working with the most at spring training? All, I mean, I'm going to say all of them. It's politically correct. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, obviously catching Keiko is going to be uh, – I'm really looking forward to that. Um, McCullers, last year I felt like – he was probably the best guy we faced all year long. His stuff's electric. Um, he's got top of rotation stuff. And um, Charlie Morton, uh, McHugh, uh, Fires, Musgrove. I mean, there's a lot of guys I'm looking forward to uh, to getting in the mix with. And then, and then the whole bullpen. I mean, everybody throws hard. Everybody's got weapons. You faced Ken Giles before. Is it is that is that correct? Or you, I th- yeah, I think I did last year once. One thing I know you did. go right. to what did you learn about some of these guys let's talk about Keiko first um I think everything with him is is location and movement I mean when he's splitting when he's got the cutter working in on the righties and he's got that sinker going away from left or from away from righties mm. uh you got to pick a side of the plate uh, to, when you face him you can't you can't go up there and look both sides or he'll carve you up so uh when you do that you're already you're already ahead and I think uh Location's everything with him. I think the slider at the back foot's going to be huge. I think the changeup's going to be big. Now, when you came up with Atlanta, you were one of the young guys. Obviously, you came up as a 21-year-old, and you had to learn from a lot of guys. One of the guys you liked to learn from was John Smoltz, yeah. who kind of took you under his wing and taught you the the nuances of catching and pitching in, in those those things. Tell me what he taught you and what you can bring to the Astros. Hey. He's, Probably not. Yeah, I mean, the the, be, the best thing he ever taught me was he th- a pitcher should throw what he's convicted on pitching. It doesn't mm. matter if it's the right or wrong pitch in that situation. If the pitcher is 100% convicted on it, it's the right pitch. Mm. And I, I, nev- I never forgot that, and I, and I never lost that. If, if you're trying to execute and you're 100% all in on that pitch, then it wasn't the wrong pitch. And uh, But he t- you, you listen to him talk on TV now when he does games. He knows his stuff. It's fun to listen to him. He's, 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 I mean, you can still learn from a guy, even if you play for a while. You can still learn listening to the small. Hey, I, I always tell people he sees the the baseball world through the right lens. Yeah, like you, you, you need to listen when he speaks. Some of the other guys uh, on that team probably helped you along through the process. Tim Hudson, probably yeah. one of those guys. But when you went to New York, Derek Jeter was there for one yeah. more year, and then it was you and Carlos Beltran, who you're reunited with here again yeah. in Houston, but. What was that like to shoulder that responsibility as a New York Yankee? I mean, it, it's it's it was great. I mean, uh, 
you know, as long as you show up every day, I mean, that, that, that's the thing I, I tell people. Like, if you show up for 162 games and, and you love the game of baseball, mm. only good things can happen. Yeah. And uh, so that's that's my big thing. I mean, there, there's no secret. It's 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 a day in and day out job. We play 162 games in 180 80 days, and there's no other sport in the world like it. So you, the mindset has to be: it's every day. There's no, there are no days off. So it's not like a thing where you have to be intentional every day to try to go out there and be a leader. It's lead by example. Go out there and be a professional every day. Play hard. Show up. Post up. Play hurt. All there, those things they're going to rub off. Yeah, there, there's all kinds of forms of, of leadership and yeah. whatever's needed for the situation i mean sometimes you got to get on guys sometimes you got to listen sometimes you got to i mean there's there's i think that word gets thrown around a little bit too much mm-hmm. um but uh at the end of the day if you show up every day and you get 25 guys going in one direction it, that, it's gonna be a good year now your new manager got his feelings hurt when carlos beltron signed two two weeks after you signed he told AJ that you were his favorite, oh, yeah. favorite teammate ever. <laughs> I like to I like to make Carlos laugh. <laughs> so AJ said, "Hey man, I was your yeah. teammate in Kansas City. What about me?" Yeah. He said, Brian McCann was my favorite teammate ever. Yeah, so we, he hurt your manager's feelings first that's of all. all right. but what was what was Carlos like as a teammate? Um, I've played with. He's one of the smartest baseball minds I've ever been with. How about that? Him and Chipper Jones are they're they're the two smartest hitters. They know what the pitcher's trying to do to you, and they know what he's trying to do to the whole lineup. So. And if, and if, you know, if they give you an advantage, he's going to take it. He sees everything. So um, I think a lot of people are going to benefit from having him on, on the team. Does that rub off on other guys? Did you learn how to look for things that Carlos was 100%. seeing that you never did before? I was in his back pocket. Yeah. I mean, I, I, listening to him talk, Chipper taught me how to hit at this level. And then uh, he taught me what to look for, and then mm-hmm. Carlos is in that same that same mold. He, he he knows his stuff. And last year with the Yankees, he was an All Star again at the age of thirty eight. Yeah. Going to be thirty nine or forty this season again, yeah. and, and he's still very productive. His bat well. speed's there. He, he's he's his passion for the game is there. How about that? All right, Astros legend Jeff Bagwell has been elected to the National Baseball Hall of Fame, as we just mentioned just a while ago. Join the Astros. On Monday, that's just this coming day in four days, January 23rd at Union Station for a celebratory pep rally. In his honor, admission is free. Doors open to the public at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Visit Astros.com slash Bagwell, H-O-F, for more information. we got Danny Ferris standing by. Submit questions via Twitter at Astros at uh, hashtag Ashline. You're listening to Ashline. Uh, Pluckers Wing Bar, 1400 North Shepherd. We'll be right back more with Brian McCann right after this. Here's the 0-1. Ripped into the right field corner off the bat of McCann. Roland scores. Tie game. Holiday scores. NL leads. Here comes Marlon Bird. Brian McCann has unloaded the bases. 3-1 NL. The biggest National League hit in 13 years. McCann excites the National League dugout. It's the NL smiling up by two. There's somebody else smiling right now, too. Brian McCann listening to that. You're listening yeah. to Astroline here at Pluckers Wing Bar, 1400 North Shepherd. Back with Astroline, second segment with Brian McCann. That was a highlight from 2010, Anaheim, California at Angel yep. Stadium. And uh, maybe one of the best feelings of all time. Unless it was the postseason, I can't imagine a bigger hit 
all-star game coming in and facing yeah. the lefty bases juice, and you get that big knock to right field off of Matt Thornton. Yeah. Uh, big yeah. hit, big moment. Uh, earned you an MVP. Yeah. This, I mean, it's, it's one of the highlights of my career, like you said. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's a moment I'll never forget. Or I remember getting the hit and looking up to, to, to my, uh, my family and seeing them go crazy. It was, uh, you know, it, it was a surreal moment. Now, you're a seven-time All-Star. That was, that was right in the mid, middle of, of your All-Star run. 2006 was your first All-Star game in Pittsburgh. What was that feeling like? You, you got Man. Uh, voted to get in the yeah. All-Star game. I'm sure that was a, a cool call to your dad. Yeah, it, it was uh, – it was a call, you know, I never forget. And then what, what hit me was when I walked in, you know, I was 22 years old, but what hit me was when I walked in and there's Pujols, there's Berkman, there's Glavin, there's, I mean, it's just, I mean, Oswald, I mean, yeah. it was just, uh, you know. Is that intimidating? Oh. I mean, you're 22 and you're walking in yeah. that room. I mean, these are guys you probably yeah. uh, played with uh, video games and yeah. stuff like that. It all happened so fast. I mean, it was it was my first full season and uh, didn't know what to expect and, and got off to a good start and was able was lucky enough to, to, to make that team and just to uh, to listen. I just did a lot of listening. I'm Steve Sparks, one of the Astros radio broadcasters, and I'm with Brian McCann, the new catcher for the Astros, and your uh, advanced IQ is a big reason why you got to the big leagues at such an early age, and a lot of that had to do with your dad, Howard, right. who was a college coach and had the, the baseball academy in the Atlanta area. Tell me about your relationship with your dad and, and what he taught you along the way. He taught me everything. Yeah. Um, you know, he was a college coach. So I, I grew up around the game. Me and my brother, uh, he's a year older than me. We just grew up at the baseball field. We loved it. We we, we did it every day, all day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, my dad is an old-school guy that, uh, you know, at 9, 10 years old, he's, he's if you say something hurt, he's, he's asking you, how are you going to play 162 games <laughs> if that hurts? And, and I'm like, I'm 9. You know, I'm 9 years old. But that, that was his mindset, and it rubbed off on me. And uh, So he had you thinking as a big leaguer early. Yeah. He, uh, he had, he out, had me you? and my brother do the same thing. I mean, you could have a, a hamstring, whatever. You, you got to play. And he knew your swing about as well as anybody. Yeah. And you probably lean a bit, a little bit on him now, right? Oh yeah, I talk to him all the time. Yeah, my brother uh, understands hitting at this level. Um, so I got, I got a good, good support cast that, uh, that helps me when I need it. You know, I mean, when you look at your numbers, and as a power guy, 245 career homers right now, but which, by the way, is 12th all-time among catchers, and I'm sure you probably have a little idea of that, but you don't strike out that much. Where did that uh, strike zone knowledge and being able to garner a little bit uh, of not chasing pitches come from? Um, I think just understanding the strike zone. Yeah. Knowing what's a strike and what's not. Now, when your dad threw you batting practice as a kid, I mean, did he get on you for swinging at pitches that weren't strikes? Yeah. You know, growing up as a kid, I remember hitting whatever it was, but he always got on us if we – he just brought brought it to our attention when we hit one bat or we pulled off or we rolled over. He was just always – he never let anything slide. Mm. Everything was – He recognized it. Yeah, he recognized it, and 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 he taught us, and – um, you know, you didn't want to, you, you wanted to be perfect every time. That's right. All right, we're with Brian McCann, and Danny Ferris is standing by. He's our social media coordinator with the Astros. What's tr- trending right now, Facebook, Twitter, and all that stuff, Danny? Well, obviously Brian McCann on uh, AstroLine. Also, you mentioned earlier Jeff Bagwell and the upcoming uh, Bagwell Hall of Fame pep rally that we have on Monday. Okay, so that's Monday at 4 o'clock at Minute Maid Park. And 
You know what's cool about those guys, and when you talk about all-time uh, teammates, uh, talking about guys that played for a long time together that ended up in the Hall of Fame, Craig Biggio and Jeff yeah. Bagwell, one of only four guys that uh, or four tandems that played together for more than 15 years as teammates that have made it to the major leagues yeah. and it's it's special stuff. It's Biggio and Bagwell is what this this uh, yeah. Astros organization was founded upon. You've played against the Astros a lot in the playoffs. What, what's it like coming to Houston as a visiting player? Is it intimidating at all, or is yeah. it a comfortable place the, to hit? What's it like? The loudest I've ever heard a stadium really? in my life was 2005? 2005. How about that? When Berkman hit that grand slam. I mean, it was – didn't even know where I was. I mean, it, it, it was it was that loud that, uh, you know, I just remember standing there. I'm like, man, I, first of all, I couldn't believe we, we gave up the lead. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> and then second off, I couldn't uh, – couldn't I can't hear believe yourself. how loud it was. So you're talking to the umpire from time to time. What's that like, the relationships with umpires? Obviously, yeah. you, you have an opportunity without showing guys up, or but you, you get to develop relationships yeah. with, with umpires. It, tell me a little bit about some of those, and who are some of your favorites? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're constantly talking, especially being in the league as long as I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I know them all really well. Yeah. And uh, I got a good relationship with all of them. But uh, as far as my favorite umpires, I mean – That'd be hard to hard to go through. You but. know, it's tough for pitchers. I mean, obviously they're 60 feet away, and if they said something to an umpire, yeah. you know, it looks like you're you're barking at them or yeah. you're disagreeing or whatever. But I got a good catcher. Way. I mean, the yeah. catcher, man, you can really. I got a good way to get my point across without for your pitcher. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Without without yeah. the umpire being like, hey, this guy. Tell me how you do that. Uh, I'll just ask them, you know, if I think it's down. Um, I'm like, you got that outside? Because I know it's not down. As a, as a catcher or as a hitter? As a catcher. Okay, so yeah, you're I, don't, I don't argue a whole lot unless it's. So say Keiko throws one at the bottom of the zone. Yeah, I, he calls it a ball. I got to have that. If that's not a strike, we should just go home. Mm. If that's got to be, it, you know, that's where we're taught to throw the baseball. We're taught to throw it on the corners. And if you're not. Th- for me, this is a strike. This far off the plate. Yeah. I, I always. I hate when hitters come in and go to the film and they look and it's. It's an inch off the plate, and umpire calls it a strike, and they, you know, they're yelling. So, as a hitter, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a strike. If really? You ask, yeah, if you, I mean, an inch. Yeah. Yeah. And Especially you start, with two strikes. You start edging off, and I don't like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's a right and a wrong way to to, to handle umpires, mm-hmm. but you want them to always be on your side. I've learned over the years that they can, they they hold a lot of power. Have you ever had to go back out there and apologize to them? Yeah. Yeah. So like. For instance, you may argue with something, something, but yeah. go inside and see that you're wrong. Yeah, and go I'll back come out. back out and, and say I apologize. You know, I was wrong. I went and looked, and it, it was a, it was a strike. That's funny. Or it was a ball. Now, obviously, the games change a lot, Brian. Uh, tell me about shifts. I mean, obviously, yeah. you were a, a pull hitter for much of your career. Right. You hit the ball on the ground. More than likely, you're going to be out. You're yeah. not the fastest runner. You yeah. get the ball in the air, you're going to have some success. How has that changed you as a hitter, and, and how has it hurt you? You know, when I first came up into the league, you know, the starting pitchers were only throwing 88 to 93. I mean, you saw someone throwing 93 as a starter, and they were blowing. That's they were number one in rotations, and mm-hmm. now like that's that's nightly basis. So I think that the the way I was taught hitting growing up. And where it's at now are two totally different things because you gotta you gotta beat ninety six to the spot. You gotta you gotta beat up. that to the spot. Yeah, and how do you do that? Yeah, I mean you can't. You, I mean I'm learned over the last couple of years you can't stay on your backside like 
if you're facing someone throwing 90 miles an hour trying to sink it and cut it. So you have to cheat. Yeah, I mean, you got you got to you got to attack the baseball in today's okay. game. Yep. Um, Yankee Stadium. So you go there and you played there the last three years. But when they signed you, they're saying, "Hey, right field, this is tailor made for Brian McCann." Right. Help or hurt you? Uh, I mean, at times it helped. I mean, it's nice to have that. I mean, you don't have to hit. It's a pop up. It's a home run. Right. But I, you get. I got pitched to a completely different when I was in New York as opposed to Atlanta. So what did they try to do to you? They tried to. Um, you got two old curveballs. You got. You know, they oh. they, they know that uh, you're not getting two old fastballs right. in that park. And, and everything's away from you. And in Atlanta, everything was was away from me, or pounded in on me. And uh, it took me a little bit to, to get adjusted. But having that there, I think I got pull happy. I yanked off the ball more than I should have. Sure. Yeah, that's natural. So when you're coming into Minute Maid Park and you're looking at a place that's pretty friendly yeah. everywhere, especially with them bringing in uh, center field yeah. uh, this off season. Look for more of a, a an approach to spray the ball around. 100%. You think? Yep, hundred percent. And I think it's going to help me uh, hit lefties better to be able to wait back and stay close. Uh, yeah, I mean when 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 you go to Yankee, I mean Yankee Stadium from the bull, from the right field bullpen to left field plays huge, huge. Yep. And you know so many balls I've I've let travel and and, and crush. I don't even get to the warning track there. So a little different in yeah, the Landis Crawford boxes. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. All right, we've got to get to a couple of things right here. Astros legend Jeff Bagwell has been elected to the Hall of Fame. Join the Astros on Monday, January 23rd. Also, Fan Fest is this Saturday. It'll be this Saturday, January 21st, just in two days, from 11 in the morning to 4 o'clock in the afternoon at Minute Maid Park. There will be a ton of activities, including player autograph signings, fan forums, and a kid's zone, and a whole lot more. It's free, so it's free, but be sure to claim your vouchers today at astros.com. Slash Fan Fest. Want to talk about one thing? You're not even 33 yet. Turn 33 next month. 245 homers, 888 RBIs. Those 245 homers are 12th most all time. 30 more homers, and you're sitting in the eighth spot all time in homers uh, with Jorge Posada. Those numbers ever creep in your head? Like, man, you're getting into some crazy territory among all-time catchers as far as power. Yeah, I think it hit me a couple years ago when, when I hit my 200th home run and they yeah. they got me the ball, and it just kind of hit me like, that's, that's yeah, yeah, thing. like you get to the 100 and then you get to 200. It was, it, it was, you know, I've been fortunate to stay healthy, you know, for, for, for a good, you know, I missed a month in April for, for a shoulder surgery. But other than that, I've been able to stay on the field. Um and post up. How so about concussion stuff? My dad would yell at me if I didn't. So <laughs> That's right. got to make sure How about I concussion that. stuff? I mean, you get those foul balls in, yeah. you in your face, mask. I, I mean, how many times have you gotten dinged up with that stuff? I think three of them have, two of them have got me out of the game. Yeah. Yeah. And one of my best friends in the game is David Ross. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he told me he got crushed, and then three pitches later he got hit again, and that was the one that really did it to him. And he Jarred. was out for three months. I mean, wow. he, he was going through a rough a rough stretch. So if I get jarred to where it it gets me really, really, really good. How do you know? You know. <laughs> you do? Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it. Sometimes it doesn't even phase you, right? No, I mean, 99% of the time it doesn't. But then the, there's that one that catches you maybe with your jaws open and it, it t- you know, knocks, knocks you back a little bit. What kind of face mask do you use? Do you have the hockey style? No. No? You get the I, old school? Yeah. Because your dad? If I wore the new hockey set, he'd, he'd be mad at me. So. And tell me about your your brother. Now, your brother, you mentioned yeah. uh, a year older, this yep. Brad, right? Yep. 
Uh, played in the minor leagues for four years with the Marlins. Great hitter. Went to Clemson with Tony Sip. Yeah. You mentioned to me a little bit earlier. I met Tony earlier. Sip when, when he was in school. Yeah. I mean, what was Sip like when, when you saw him at Clemson? Uh, like, he was just, like, he was playing everything, yeah, right? Yeah, I think he was playing outfield, uh, pitching. I mean, he, he could do it all. And What was your brother? I mean, he's, he was uh, your he, big brother. You idolized him, I would yeah, imagine. Yeah, he was, he was the guy growing Best up. Friend? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we talk all, all the time, every day, and play golf together, live 10 minutes away. But mm-hmm. he was the guy growing up. I, I, I just chased him around. Yeah. I, whatever he was doing. And he included you. Oh, yeah. He never uh, – he always made sure I was taken care of. When you guys were both playing professional baseball, even though he was older, you guys could relate and, and yeah. talk over some of the tough times. Yeah. I mean, what I learned – because Chipper, Chipper taught me how to hit. I mean, I got to the big leagues, and he taught me how to hit at this level. So when my brother was just now getting started, I, I basically – Passed along passed Chipper's every, information. Everything he taught me, I tried to teach teach my brother. Give me the, the the best piece of advice Chipper ever gave you. Oh man, I I I punched out on bases loaded. We're we're down one run, and guys, the relief, the closer's best pitch was a split, and I swing at three straight splits, yeah. strike out, and he and he waits for me in the tunnel. I'm walking up, you know, I just frustrated. Yeah, I'm, I'm mad. Yeah. And he, and he pulls me aside, not in front of anybody. He goes, what, what were you thinking right there? And I'm like, I was, I was hunting the heater. He's like, well, there's your first problem because he's not going to throw you a heater. He's gonna, you're going to get the reliever's best pitch when the game's online. He's not going to lose with his fastball. He's going to see where you're at because you're 21 years old. And the minute I swung at the first pitch, I was done. So he, <laughs> he, taught, me, he taught me how to sit on pitches. He taught me what to look for. I mean, he would, I, I can't tell you how many times he would come up to me before a game and tell me what he's going to try to do to me. He's, he's telling me what the pitcher's going to do to me. And he, and was, he was right, right nine yeah. times out of ten. How about that? Good lessons learned. You're listening to Astro Line. We're at Plucker's Wing Bar, brought to you by Carbock Brewing Company. This is 1400 Shepherd Drive. Be sure to check out Plucker's brand-new location, also in the Memorial City area on the Katy Freeway, just inside the loop. We'll be back with more Brian McCann, new catcher for the Astros, right here on Astroline, right after this. Welcome back to Astroline. We're with Brian McCann, new catcher for the Houston Astros. We're at Plucker's Wing Bar here at 1400 Shepherd Drive. And we're on the third segment right now. And, Brian, we can't let you go uh, any further in this this interview without talking about some of the playoff games that you played against the Houston Astros. And, number one, we want to talk about – the 2005 playoffs, obviously, that's when the Astros went to the World Series. But what a series the Astros oh. had with the Braves when you were there. And that was your rookie season. Uh, big moments, uh, including game two, which is your first start. Johnny Estrada caught the first game because uh, I believe Wandy pitched the first game or Pettit. Uh, so you didn't Pettit catch that game one. one. Yeah. But you got a chance to catch John Smoltz in game two. Yeah. First I mean, at bat in, in the playoffs. Uh, Take a listen to that. Yeah. Listen to this. Frank Curl will tell you that McCann has the best swing. Hammered into deep right center field. We said he was money. He's money tonight. That's a 2 0 fastball that didn't hit the right location, and he just waffled it. Jim Frank Gore coming around the bases, maybe happier about that home run than McCann was. They're rooming together now. Jump back out. So that's game two. First at bat, first Atlanta Brave 
hitter ever to, to home hit a home run in his first yeah. postseason at bat. Big, huge moment. That, that's when you did. When you and that's the off home. of Roger Clemens, by I the mean, way. I that, mean, that's the highlight of, of, of my career. I mean, that, that's something that yeah. I, I just remember it's walking. I was, I'm walking in from the bullpen, and all my buddies that I went to high school with are juniors in college. So I'm walking in, <laughs> getting ready to catch John Smoltz, face Roger Clemens, and, and I just remember – your buddies like, are in what the am I do? Like, yeah, I mean, I grew up in Atlanta, so Gosh. I'm like, I'm, I just, it was a surreal moment, and then to be able to, to, to get a 2-0 fastball down the middle, um, you know, it was just kind of icing on the cake. Do you remember what you were thinking, rounding the bases? I mean, I, you're I, in your hometown. I you felt, grew up in the area. Honestly, I felt like my life changed because I felt like going into that offseason, I would, I would be the starter the next year. Wow. So I felt like I started game three. After I did that, after that happened, I started the rest of the games, and then they traded Johnny Estrada that offseason. How did John Smoltz nurse you through that first game? Uh, because you needed it, that, yeah. that first game, first game of the playoffs, and he was going to nurse you through How about it. this story? Yeah. So we're walking in from the bullpen, and Biggio's leading off, and he goes, hey, listen, we're going to throw we're gonna throw three straight sliders, and he's going to swing all three of them, wow. and we're going to punch him out to start the game. We're going to set the tone. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, you know, okay, you say that, but then when you go out and do it, and I just remember catching the third strike, and I just looked at him. I'm like, he's just on another level than I am. I'll, yeah. You know, so yeah. uh, being out, being in that game, catching arguably the two best pitchers uh, ever, um, right. was uh, was great. And going out there and being able to do that to Biggio, knowing that he could locate and he was nasty enough to get three swing and misses. Probably gave you some chills right then. It did. Throw it around the horn, stand up, and just saying, man, yeah. I'm in the big league now. A, I'm at a different level right now. Well, things changed a little bit. Obviously, you, you you were a big part of that game, too, where you guys even the series. Best three out of five. Mm-hmm. You guys are playing the Astros, and you get to game four at Minute Maid Park, and it's yeah. October 9th. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> one of the one of the gr- greatest yeah, games in, in Astros history, yeah. obviously, but probably one of the more memorable games of your career. But Yeah. Started out great. Game I mean, four, 43,000 43, plus yeah. at Minute Maid Park. Tim Hudson was cruising. I mean, I think we were up six to one. Yeah. Uh, After your homer in the eighth. Yeah. And then it just kind of fell changed apart. A little bit. Yeah. So Hudson started the bottom of the eighth. I mean, Osmus hits a home run to left center. Hit probably the first ball he's ever hit in his <laughs> career. And you can't the, and say the, that out loud. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, you know, he hits it. He hits it to the deepest part of the park, and yeah. it just a lot of things fell into place. And what did it uh, feel like at, at the point? So Hudson starts the bottom of the eighth. You guys are leading six to one after your home run in the top of the eighth. Farnsworth comes in after Hudson gives yeah. up a couple of base runners. Farnsworth comes in, wiggles around a little bit. Another base runner, Berkman, comes up and he sends one in the Landry's Crawford boxes for a grand slam. Yep. Makes it a six to five ball game. What goes through your mind at that point? It's a different ball game. I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. Um, you and know, you guys were down two to one in the series, yeah. so this is yeah. I mean, it's a it's a must win. We're, you know, we're we're going back to Atlanta. We were up six one. We're we're going for game five. Heck yeah! And anything can happen. So uh, to let that one slip away was tough. Bottom of the ninth, nobody on, two outs. You just mentioned it, Brad Osmus. Yeah. Ties it up. Come now on, Farnsworth man. is still in the ball game. A lot of, it's probably a lot, one of those moments. A lot of bad memories right now. Well, you're sitting on the outside corner, I would imagine. Yeah. He, and it's one of those moments where a catcher just moves his hand about yep. six or seven inches to the left, and you know that's trouble. Yep. You want to keep it out there so a guy can't pull one. And he and got he it in sure his wheelhouse. Did. He did. He hit it to the deepest part of the park, and it got out, and he tied the game up. And then, 
Nine then, innings later. Well, nobody scores for eight innings, yeah. right? So he tied it up in the ninth inning. Nobody scores for eight innings. You guys get to the 18th inning. Roger yeah. Clemens pitching three innings in relief. Yep. You guys have a rookie pitcher, left-hander Devine. Was that his name? Righty, Joey Devine. Yeah, Joey Devine, my, right-handed my, pitcher. My closest friend. He's one, this of, day. he's one of my best friends. Uh, on, on, yeah, he's one of my best friends. Chris Burke yeah. at the plate. Let's hear what happens. Burke is the batter. Ensberg is on deck. And the pitch. Swinging. Lining it to left. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Chris Burke. Holy Toledo. What a way to finish. Chris Burke just purchased the ticket to St. Louis. Look at the mind. Unbelievable. Line drive home run. Landridge Crawford boxes. That, of course, Hall of Famer Milo Hamilton with one of the greatest calls, yeah. more memorable moments in Astros history, along with Alan Ashby. Uh, big moment in Houston Astros yeah. history. What was going through your mind at that point? I mean, it had, I mean, it had to be deflated. You caught every inning of that 18-inning game. Yeah. What was that, five hours and 53 minutes? It seemed like forever. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we let one slip away. We had, we, we, you know, you get a five-run lead in the postseason. You, you, you like your chances, but uh, but Brian, when you're a rookie, you're thinking, you know what, I'm going to be there a lot more times. And that's kind of what. That's probably how you were. That's thinking where I'm point. at in my career now. Is I want to win a world. I want to win a championship. Yeah. You know, we, that first year, it's going to happen all the time. The Atlanta Braves, 14 years in a row, and then, you know, it's kind of we had to rebuild for a little bit. And you hit a couple of homers in the playoffs. You're happy. I'm 21 years old in the big leagues. I'm, I I wasn't even supposed to be there, so it was kind of like, you know. Awesome. I, you know, I made a name for myself, but, yeah. um, you know, it's it, baseball's funny. It's a funny game. You don't you don't know how many chances yeah, you're going to get don't. to win that championship. And when you get a little bit older, your perspective changes. Big time. Brian McCann is our guest. We've got one more segment with Brian. Great uh, getting a chance to know Brian. He's going to be a big part of this Astros team. A lot of big things happening for the Astros organization. We're live at Plucker's Wing Bar, downtown Houston at 1400. Shepherd Drive, brought to you by Carbot Brewing Company. We'll be back with one more segment. Brian McCann right after this. Welcome back to AstroLine. Last segment with Brian McCann, the new catcher for the Astros. Astros signed Brian in November. Josh Reddick followed. Carlos Beltran followed. Charlie Morton, Nori Aoki. And it's kind of a Brian... Uh, a segment of guys that this team is needed. I mean, you, they've got a lot of young talent on this team. Pretty exciting time to, to be part of this nucleus yep. that looks like they have a great core going forward. It's it's the great the perfect time. Um, everyone, like you said, the core is is in their prime. Yeah, they're uh, you know looking for big things out of a lot of guys and. Uh, you know, just build on on the careers that they've already started, established. Now, you're not old by any means, still only 32 years old, but how does that uh, energize you as far as your workouts go and, and getting prepared for spring training when you know you got to keep up with some of these yeah, young guys? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, – I was kind of the older guy in Atlanta there at the end. Yeah. And then going to New York, I was kind of the, right there in the middle, and now I'll, I'll be the older guy again, but uh, – it, it definitely it definitely brings energy when you're around 22 to 25, 26 year olds. That um, it takes me back to that where I I wake up out of bed and roll in the cage and just start swinging. And now now it takes me 30 30 to 45 minutes of of, of pre work before I uh, hit off a tee. Now one of the more memorable games you've probably had in your career. You're just hanging out, sitting on the bench, probably 
eating some snacks in the clubhouse from yeah. time to time. But you came in in the ninth inning, pinch hitting for David Ross, your teammate, on May 17, 2011. This is against the Astros. You guys are trailing one to nothing, and you did this. Ryan and the Braves down to the last strike. High fly left center. Board on the run. Did he do it? He did it. We're tied. Coles wants the curveball in the dirt. The only time it hit the dirt was after it went over the fence. The Braves down to their final strike in the ninth inning have even the score. Swing and a high fly ball. If it's fair, it's gone. It is gone. That one didn't sneak over. That's how you end a homestand. The Braves <laughs> sweep the Astros in 11 innings. Wall scraper in the ninth and, yeah. and a no-doubter down the right field line in the in the, the last inning. Lauren Blackwell has a question from one of our fans here about hitting at Minute Maid Park. Yeah, Brian, you and Sparky have talked about some of your more memorable hits against the Astros. You mentioned earlier how you were pitched to differently in yeah. New York, but throughout your career, what's it been like hitting at Minute Maid Park specifically? I, I think it's one of the better uh, places to hit in all of baseball. I mean, the play indoors, the, the, the temperature's controlled. You can leave to all over the yard. I mean, center was... Center is a good used poke. to be a graveyard. Yeah, but I mean, you can leave to, to, to all fields, so you can you can let the ball travel a little bit better. You can, uh, I don't know, you just you see the ball really well here. I feel like you do. Yeah, I mean, the good hitters background, the great hitters size, background. Good. Yep. Um, with left field the way it is, I mean, you, you talk about maybe Big Poppy in Boston and Wade Boggs, guys who can stay closed and, yeah. and use that wall at, at Fenway Park. What's that going to do for you? I mean, are you going uh, to try to make sure that yeah, you spray the ball around? Ab absolutely. When I, when I play in Boston, it's funny. I, I mean, I I hit that wall all the time. Is that right? Yeah, it, it's just uh, when you hit a ball good to left field and it doesn't even get to the warning track and it's an out and you hit it good, you are you start thinking, why am I even doing that? And early in my career in Atlanta, that, that's what was happening. I would blitz a ball to left field. It's getting caught before the warning track and – uh, I just became a pull hitter, and, yeah. and without the without the shift, you know, I was hitting 280 to 290. But uh, that's right, yeah. But with that shift, it's 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 a whole other ball game now. You'll rif rifle one, and with my speed, it's you know, he's just out there. I want to ask you about something that uh, was going on six or seven years ago. You had a couple of LASIK surgeries on your mm -hmm. eyes, uh, trying to correct something I believe in your left eye, and felt yeah. like something was amiss. Then a doctor came up with a, with a different theory. And I read that they, he thought that maybe you were just drinking a little bit too much caffeine. I, Was that the problem? Uh, no, it, it helped. It, it helped lubricate my eyes. but uh, By drinking more water. By drinking water. And, yeah, I, and, and it hydrated. helped. But uh, I, I got the LASIK surgery after 07 season. Saw as good as you could see in 2008. I played in the World Baseball Classic in 09. Saw amazing. Opening day, we're in Philadelphia. My left eye is blurry, and I'm like, this is weird. Mm -hmm. You know, this is this is really weird. So scary too. Yeah. So I I played a week and it, and it just didn't get any better. So we were in Pittsburgh and I think uh, Zach Duke or Mahomes almost hit me in the face and I didn't see it. So that was I finally said I'm 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 not gonna do that anymore. So I I went and got the glasses, went on the the, the disabled list and came back and, and and I was fine. And then I, I got the the LASIK the LASIK surgery that off season and second time. Yeah. It took it took me a while to uh, just get adjusted. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, you got a family. You, you've been married for nine years, I believe, yep. to Ashley, and you've got two kids, a boy and a girl, yep. Colton, Kobe, four and three years old. 
Are they excited about uh, Houston? I mean, yeah. big city, New York, my, you can't get much better than that. My, my son, his first, he played t-ball for the first time this year. And, uh, Who did he play he, for? He was the Astros. How about so, that? Before I got traded, he, he was an Astro, and when I told him that, you know, he, do, he doesn't know any better, but he's excited. He's got all the gear. and Yeah, he, uh, you don't he, have to buy him anything. He wants to wear his uniform all the time, so <laughs> it was so, good. Yeah, uh, you like having him in the clubhouse when he can come to the ballpark yeah, I love and come him. out early and, and play anything. That's the best. You, this is going to be a fun year because he'll be five. Mm-hmm. Three, it's kind of it's iffy. It's, it's more babysitting. Yeah, so so I think he's getting in the mix. He he. he he wants to be doing whatever I'm doing, which which I love. So he's into golf, he's into baseball, you know. So I couldn't be couldn't be more excited. And you and Ashley you're entrenched in the Atlanta area, Lauren. You have a question about some of the charity work they do there. Yeah. So we've heard all about your continuous efforts in the battle against childhood cancer. Stephanie from Corpus Christi wants to know all about your off-season charity work this year. Oh, uh, we we had our uh, benefit bash. Uh, a couple months ago, and and raised a ton of money. A lot of people came out. Almost uh, a million bucks. Yeah, you guys raised, we yeah. did. We, we we did a great job. The, um, Dean Crow heads the whole thing, and she she's next level. You talk about next level people. She she's next level, and uh, it's an amazing night. I do a softball game mm. down at Georgia Tech. Some of your old buddies come and play yeah. in the celebrity wise. Yeah. So we we're just having a good time. We're raising awareness. We're trying to raise as much money as possible. And it just keeps getting bigger each year. Let me ask you something. We mentioned earlier uh, that you got some film watching some of these Astros pitchers. What struck What struck you in your mind that you saw something from one of these pitchers? You're going, man, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Um, mm, you mentioned I, something earlier, which kind of struck a chord with me that you thought that McCullers was about as nasty as you saw he, last year. He was. He was. Yeah. I mean, and, and everyone would say it. Yeah. Everyone that, that that was facing him that night was like this guy. If he can stay healthy, is <laughs> as good as they come. Yeah. So I'm 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 really looking forward to to catching him, nurturing, to, to his, just to see what what his mindset is to see because you hear he's a gamer. You hear like I want to I want to see I want to see it on a daily basis and uh, you know so when when I get in there I'm 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 looking forward to catching all the guys but with, with his electric stuff and being so young. The sky's the limit. When do you guys report to spring training? Pitchers and catchers are obligated to be there when? 14th? That's a great question. I, I think it's the 14th or 15th. I, I always get down there a week early and yep. get adjusted. It's going to be a lot of fun. Astros spring training tickets are already available. Uh, at the Astros' first season in the new ballpark of the Palm Beaches located in West Palm Beach, Florida. The site will include a whole lot of fan-friendly and state-of-the-art amenities. Everybody we hear from that's gone out there already said it's uh, top of the charts. It, it's going to be a lot of fun. For, for, for more information, check out ballparkofthepalmbeaches.com. Back to Florida. I mean, yeah. You, you get back out there, and uh, what's that like? I mean, you first get out there, and you're starting working out the kinks. Uh, obviously, A.J. Hench, a former catcher, knows how to ease you in there, yeah. but still go through those bumps and bruises early. I, I, don't, I, I don't think uh, it doesn't matter how, how many years you play or how old you get. Getting down there and putting the uniform on for the first time Please. after yeah it's it's yeah there's opening opening your shoes up and seeing you know seeing your new your new spikes and putting the, the jersey on and yeah uh, stretch is fun joking with the boys I mean it's uh spring training's fun how many guys have you met on this team so far I haven't met many um, obviously with Gaddis I played with him I, I rehabbed uh, with Colin McHugh in 2012 oh yeah that's right or 2013 yep. 
Um, Let me ask you about Charlie Evan Gaddis Morton. real quick. Yeah. He came up as a 26-year-old in 2013. This yeah. this dude, I mean, as strong as an ox. Yeah. He comes out there, no batting gloves, just whacking balls. Spring he, training. I remember he made an impression on me. And well, he, was, he had a great spring training. He was taking all of our guys deep in live VP. No one hits in live VP. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, like, the like Everyone just just uh, takes. You yeah. know, I'm, I, I don't even swing. Yeah. And he's taking all of our best guys deep. He's taking Venters deep, Kimbrel deep. I mean, and you're like. What is going no, that, on? That's no. That's just, it, you're like, ah, oh, that's just that's just live VP. Who's the lumberjack? And then he just keeps he just kept doing it, and then he gets to the big leagues, and he hits some unbelievable home runs, and yeah. he just built built confidence. And when you're around him, and you see he's confident, and he knows he's good, and he knows mm-hmm. he knows how to hit, and he, he he's he's uh. That's why for in four years he's done nothing but but rake. And a lot of the Astros fans have heard his odyssey and, and his journey to yeah. get where he is right now. What was that like the first time you heard his story? Because he he was out of baseball for yeah. four years and he was trying to find himself or yep. figure out uh, his way in life, and he certainly has. I remember he was working out in our weight room and we we'd all been talking about it like, hey, you know, he this is the. So David Ross was like, hey, dude, you got to stop working out. And we're all going to sit down, and you got to tell us your story. <laughs> I, I got to know, how, like, how, are we, how it all happened. And he, he talked for 20, 30 minutes. And you guys just sat there and listened. Yeah, we literally, I mean, it was, it's, it's mind-blowing. Mind it to, really to is. To step away from the game and to come back and to be in the big leagues within two years. Of, I don't even know how, it may not have even been that long. But Four years. In the minor, he was in the minor leagues for No, he was in the minors for two years. But when years. he came back, it was like, yeah. I can do this again. Now I'm in the big leagues, hitting home runs off Roy Holiday. Yeah, that so, was his first home run, right? Yeah. Roy Halliday. Yeah. That's crazy stuff. Well, it's going to be a fun year, Brian. It's been a pleasure to get to know you a little bit here. Uh, it's going to be a fun season. I mean, you're going to really enjoy these guys and maybe bias a little bit, but uh, really enjoy getting to know some of these guys. And there's a bunch of gamers on this team. Right. I think you're going to get to know that. So welcome aboard. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's going to be a fun ride. I'm looking forward to it. So you got at least two years, probably at least three years. I hope, I hope a, a, lot, a lot longer. Maybe a lot longer. I, I hope so. I'm, 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 I want to play as long as I can. And, uh, if you get a chance to play maybe four or five years, you're going to be in the top four or five home runs all time, just with some normal years. You've already hit ten seasons uh, of more than 20 home runs, so that's pretty impressive. Welcome aboard, Brian. I appreciate Brian that. Thank you. Thanks for coming on with us. I'd like to thank everybody that came out to Pluckers Wing Bar, 1400 North Shepherd. A lot of fun out here. It is every week. Next week will be Robert Ford on January 26th. Uh, that's going to be Thursday at 7 o'clock. We'll be right back here with Pluckers Wing Bar, Astro Line, 1400 North Shepherd, brought to you by Carbot Brewing Company. Thanks a lot, everybody.